welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, Deep Conversations and Tarot Medicine for Your Highest Evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Happy December. We are at the gateway of the close of our year. We're at the gateway of the end of 2017. Um, it's been a remarkable journey an intense, <laughs> deeply intense journey. I'm so honored to be here with all of you for the last monthly medicine episode of 2017. Next year, we'll move into 2018 and get the ball rolling there. Uh, before I get to the medicine, I have a couple of announcements that are juicy. So if you're accustomed to maybe skipping through them, don't this time. Um, the one thing, the one dumb thing that I'll say, um, if you like this uh, podcast, please consider uh, rating it and reviewing it. Ratings and reviews, um, preferably, I will admit, positive ones <laughs> are very appreciated. And um, I uh, am always honored. Um, the amount of reviews we have are, it's beautiful. It's very positive. If you do feel moved, called to leave a review and to rate us, to rate, you know, to rate this podcast highly, that would be great. But most of all, please do spread the word, subscribe. It, uh, we're certainly not hurting in numbers. They're only going up month by month, but I hear so much that this podcast, you know, moves people, helps people. I'm never going to take a dime for this podcast. Um, but what would be awesome is to share it with a friend. If that moves you, feels good. There's no pressure if you don't want to do that and you just want to listen to your fucking podcast and not be bothered. That's cool. But if you feel moved, um, that would be lovely. And I would really appreciate it. So thank you for that consideration. So I have a big announcement to make. This is the first place that I'm announcing this for those of you who've been following me a long time on the Numinous. Uh, this might hurt. <laughs> so take a breath. Uh, I, this month, December is my last ever month doing the monthly and weekly taroscopes for the numinous. So there will be someone new taking over in January. It's awesome. I made the decision. I'm writing my book. A lot is happening and it was time. It was just time. And, uh, there's been a lot of tears about that and a lot of grieving over that. Um, such a funny thing, because we're going to be talking a little bit about this on this episode, walking away when it's time. Um, I didn't want to stop doing the podcast. I really got the sense, though, that it was time for me to do so. Um, and there's nothing but love between Ruby and I. There's nothing but goodness there. Um, and the woman that you have taking over is none other than Melinda Lee Holm, who you heard a, about a month ago on this podcast. So um, the quality and the the medicine is not, it's going to get even better, even more beautiful. Um, but if you are a longtime listener, watcher, reader of my Terrascopes for the Numinous, they'll be out in a couple of days. Um, thank you so much for your time and your support and know that I will actually be, I will actually be offering Terrascopes on kind of a different, 
um, platform starting in 2018. So stay tuned in to that. So they won't go be going away. They'll just be kind of changing shape. Um, they won't be associated with the numinous anymore, but, uh, I just want to say thank you. And I hope that everyone here who really, you know, watched and listened, like will support Melinda. She's amazing. Um, and a, a beautiful channel. And um, if you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, I write monthly telescopes for a blog called The Numinous and do weekly video scopes. And if you're curious about it, you have four weeks basically to catch me on there before I disappear into the ethers. So um, yeah, I just wanted to share that with all of you, my kind of soul family on here. Um, some really quick things, I swear to God. Uh, another, a, a, a thing that is just as big, but like actually good news. Uh, I am going to be having a guest. So December is very special. We've got pretty amazing guests and I've got an extra special kind of like holiday treat. Um, every three months, I'm going to be doing something called Ask a Tarot Reader. So Ask a Tarot Reader is going to be a whole episode devoted to answering your questions about anything, cards, practice, experience, what happens when you give someone a reading and you feel nothing, what happens, like all of your questions. I'm going to have a guest. It's going to be on the third week of the podcast where they'll normally be just me talking about a lesson. Every three months, there's going to be an amazing guest that I will have that will join me in Ask a Tarot Reader who will help me in answering all of your questions. So um, I have a feeling that it's going to be a lot of fun. The guest is already chosen. She's a repeat. So excited to have her back. Um, and that'll be dropping you know, in, in two weeks around the 12th of December. So please... Write me your questions, DM them, email, DM me at um, Wild Soul Healing, um, email me at um, wildsoulhealing at gmail.com. If you want to stay anonymous, I'll keep you anonymous. If you don't want to be anonymous, I, 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 will, I will say your name proudly and loudly. So, so everyone here, please... Um, you don't need to be a regular listener to ask your questions. So if you've always been confused, perplexed, curious, thrilled, shocked, loved, whatever, whatever your questions are, get them to us because um, we really, really want to support you and I'm so excited to do it. So that's going to be in two weeks and um, hopefully everyone loves that. Um, is that it? I'm doing a retreat at Kripalu. I feel like I've announced that on here before. It's called New Year, New You. It's with the Numinous, Betsy, um, oh God, wow, Betsy LaFay. Sorry, I was like, LaVey? No. Betsy LaFay, Sadi Simone, uh, Alexander Roxo, me, and Ruby Warrington. It's going to be badass. And it's from January 1st to the 5th. We're meeting it, hitting this off on the new, on the full moon in Cancer on January 1st. So it's going to be pretty badass. And if you want to join, you can check out pretty much anyone's Instagram or Facebook or email that I've, or website, I'm sorry, that I've mentioned, including my own. There are, um, good links, appropriate info. I like to keep the self-promotion down to a minimum, but, uh, definitely get me your questions for Ask a Tarot Reader. It's going to be so dope and probably very, very funny. So hopefully everyone tunes in and loves it. And that's it. 
that's all for my announcements. I'm going to jump right into what we're all here for, which is the medicine for the month ahead. Um, I only needed to just close my eyes and center for the mantra to come through the bridge. December is the bridge. Why is December the bridge? December is the bridge for many reasons. Mainly that we can think of it in terms that are a little obvious. We're going from 2017 to 2018. We're switching over numerically, energetically from one year to another. Now, if you don't honor the beginning of January as your new year, totally cool. Like totally cool. I've always felt that Samhain or Halloween was really my true new year. Um, I get it. But what you want to really pay attention to, even if you're not really down with that, is the fact that energetically the numbers change over on that day, just like the numbers change over in the Jewish in the Jewish faith on certain holidays. The numbers, anytime there's a numerical shift, even if it is a calendar that you might not particularly drive with, it's very very powerful to tune in with what is being reflected back to us in the mirror of that number. And that's sort of why the bridge came through, because there is going to be a very powerful shift energetically from this year to next year. Um, I don't get that next year will be like more or less intense, like we're going to be in intense times for sure for, you know, forever. (laughs) Um, But the quality is different. There are different invitations. We're going in deeper. So we'll talk about a little bit about that today. But um, what does a bridge do? It connects one landmass to another. It's a... holder, a cradler. Um, It really acts as divine in material form bridges. Um, If we're crossing over something invisible, if we're crossing over something high, if we're moving from one energetic plot of land to another that are separated by water, by air, by sky, we're going to cross a bridge. And that's exactly what this month is serving as. It's serving as a sacred energetic platform. Its strength is drawn in Sagittarius. Its strength is drawn in Capricorn, the two signs that we flow in um, in December. We're going from one to the other. So it's very, very powerful to see it as that. Um, And the most powerful thing that every single one of us can consider individually and collectively is what am I ready to walk away from and what is the bridge that I'm walking on leading me to? What new lands, new landscapes, new areas, new towns, new countries of my life am I ready to visit? or perhaps become a permanent citizen of? That's the question. So we're thinking about it. What are we leaving behind? What has served its purpose? What are we ready to shed? Where do we prefer not to walk anymore? You know, where do we prefer not to walk anymore? 
What seeds are we planting? December is probably one of the most profoundly powerful months for planting seeds that I know of. Um, we have the support. Yes, I mentioned the word support in a Mercury retrograde. We will talk about why that is supportive in a moment. We have our winter solstice. We have this month, this upcoming month, we have a very powerful um, moon in Gemini and a really powerful moon in Sagittarius. We have a super moon in Gemini in just about, you know, a couple days, you know, about a week. Um, There's a lot of really important stuff here in this month. Um, We're collecting information, we're preparing, we're assimilating. The Mercury retrograde starts in December, ends in December. We're not meant to take it into January. We're probably going to be out of the shadow phase even by the time we reach January. Um, This is a review time. So even though we are assimilating, reviewing, planting seeds, it's not necessarily a time where the movement from one landmass of life to another landmass of life it may not feel like we're going anywhere. Bridges, sometimes we have to walk over them slowly. It depends. Maybe we're building our bridge as we're walking. All totally acceptable. Maybe we wait at our bridge until like the absolute last minute of December of 2017. And then we sprint across it and there we are. So it's cool. But again, we're looking at our relationship to many things. Where we are now versus both where we like to be and where the earth, the world, our guides, the universe is taking us, where we're being led to. 2017, numerologically, excuse me, was ruled, is ruled by the magician and the wheel of fortune. The magician sees something that they want, they're open something drops in, we're able to manifest it, create it, birth it, literally pull a rabbit out of a hat, make something out of nothing. So think to yourself, even if you are having a tough time, or even if it doesn't feel like all that great of a year, even if 2017 really blew to you, take it out of the ego for a second. Take it out of how much it sucked or didn't suck. Did you create anything this year? Did anything begin to take shape Maybe it hasn't fully come out of you yet. It's okay. The magician is a channel just as much as the magician is a manifester. So even if you didn't bring something up and out into the world, it doesn't mean that it's not cooking. So where was your relationship to that? Just taking a look at that. What is your relationship to action, to birthing, to manifesting? Did you have lots of opportunities to do that and feel that you weren't really able to? Why might that be? That's the thing, that's the kind of thing you want to really journal about, um, all of us, so that we can bless what has held us back, what has been a wise protector, what has been a hold in our lives for an outdated form of safety, so that we can bow to it, bless it, and then turn around and walk away on our bridge, on our journey to where we're about to go. So that's one thing. Wheel of Fortune, oh, profound change, change for everyone, change, Wheel of Fortune is so important because 
in order to facilitate a really aligned turn on the wheel, we have to feel the consequences and the relationship between our choices and our fate, our destiny. We have learned that this year. Some people are still learning it. We're seeing evidence of it every day with the election. We're seeing evidence of it every day in how we choose to spend our money, how we use our words, how we honor each other. Every single thing we do has a ripple effect. If we're not present, the wheel of fortune teaches us that the turn on the wheel can be less sweet. You know, it doesn't mean we did anything wrong. It just means that we're learning. We're learning what it is to be a co-creator in this life with the universe. That was 2017, learning that, seeing that. Even if we might be like, whoa, I feel like I'm, I'm like just understanding that. That's cool. We're, it's still going to ripple forward in us. But that was what the medicine was ultimately. Now to give you perspective, about this idea of a bridge. 2018 is the high priestess's year. Like really let that sink in. (laughs) It is the year of the high priestess, of feminine, of moon, mystery, wisdom, coming back to the womb, coming back to inner truth, inner voice, listening, receptivity, tuning in, moving through the world in a way that's in alignment with what we know to be true. This is the year of the dissolution of false idols and teachers. This is the year where we won't won't necessarily not work with our teachers anymore, but this is the year of self-reliance, strengthening of the sacred you know, supple backbone, learning to really trust our gut. That's what the high priestess is doing here, not to mention imbuing everyone with the opportunity to listen more, listen more, listen, listen, listen. Many things are going to go down on the road to 2018. And in 2018, that might feel like many things. It's very vague, but it feels vague. What we may be deeming as a catastrophe, I'm not, I'm obviously not talking, I'm not, well, I shouldn't say obvious. When I say this, I'm not speaking about a social, political, economic disaster. What I'm talking about is on a smaller scale, on a personal scale. Um, When things happen to us on a personal scale that feel like a bummer or feel disappointing, um, the high priestess working with it in this way is a whole different energy. It's a whole different temperament to how we move through the world. Um, The ruling planet of 2018 is literally the moon. So it's a very powerful year, but really different, requiring us to leave behind what hasn't worked and what really has worked, but is no longer working. Um, you know, my announcement about releasing the tarot scopes is an excellent example of this, actually. I've been doing them for two years. I can't tell you that there was any part of me that was tired of it, sick of it, didn't want to do it. I love doing it. Um, I just knew that it was time to pass the torch. And so I honored that. 
and trusted my intuition and trusted the timing. And unbeknownst to me, kind of got in my little car and drove across the bridge. So we're going to be doing that over and over and over and over again in December and in January and in all of 2018. This medicine in December is rippling way backward and forward through the whole upcoming year. It's really, really powerful. The other energy we're kind of moving in, depending on what deck you work with, is either strength or justice. So 11 is the year, is the uh, kind of numerological energy of 2018. 11 is a master number. So we're moving into a time of 11 energy, of manifestation, clarity, oneness with angels, all that really juicy good stuff. And depending again on how you flow with your 11s and your tarot, that for you might be deep embracing of courage, stepping out into you know, deeply claiming what you want, that strength, or it could be that you're moving into a time of justice where nothing is more important to you than the alignment of your life with what's in the highest and best. So no matter what, it's a great, it's a great thing <laughs> to be focused on. But yeah, the bridge, the sacred, holy bridge of transformation. This is the gift of December. This is where we're going with this. I mentioned that Mercury was helpful. Mercury retrograde is a very important transit, one that's very um, misunderstood, a little misaligned, and nothing to be afraid of. Um, Mercury is the zodiac's kind of genius. Mercury is acute and aware, constantly moving, able in its highest form and its highest mastery to communicate um, from someplace very high to bring something down and forward. When it's retrograde, it's like we're receiving information from a whole new channel, a whole new level, and getting a chance to review and clear anything that we have absorbed that is not really serving us. If we try to move past, push past, rush past, We'll get shit like plane delays and stuff that Mercury is very famous for. So really be willing when the Mercury retrograde transit comes that we're going to be in, which is going to go from about the 2nd of December to about the 22nd, so a good 20 days, um, take a sacred sabbatical. Uh, I'm not of the mind that you shouldn't launch or do things in Mercury retrograde. Um, depends on where it hits you in your chart, depends on your relationship with it, of course, but, um, tune in, be really willing to drown out. I do use the word drown out on purpose. Be really willing to release, um, the over-cultural terror about Mercury retrograde. It's a very important time in the cave of our being to refine our instrument. Hawk sacred bird hawk is related to mercury hawk sees listens communicates hawks cries are a powerfully important call in everything from indigenous cultural literature to mythological stories folk tales fairy tales hawk is very important hawk is a bridge between heaven and earth 
Hawk is the being that can fly, that can reach heavenly levels and bring that medicine down with its cry. So if we're in a retrograde, it doesn't mean that we did something wrong or that our cry or our speech is somehow being warped. It means we're listening. It's a period of deep listening, of getting rewired, tuned up like a piano. I believe that in Mercury retrogrades, um, I don't know, I think spirit kind of like works on our instrument. It's like taking you know, your piano and to get tuned to your car and to be serviced. I, I think it's really important. So that willingness to become a little bit more still is very powerful. Not always physically still, but um, emotionally, you know? If we're moving in a way that's out of alignment, Mercury will slow us the fuck down. So really pay attention without any kind of, um, I don't know, story about it all. Like, it's cool if you're late on planes and shit. It's a pain in the ass, but um, you'll survive. <laughs> it's just there to teach us, you know. We'll all survive it, not just the collective you. Um. So I'm going to go to the tarot medicine and then I'm going to come back after we talk about the tarot medicine and I'm going to talk about the winter solstice or Yule and some really beautiful ways to work with that energy. So our medicine for the month, our big kind of beautiful bridge guide is nine of cups. So that is really fucking awesome for a lot of reasons. The first thing is that it's a minor. That's really cool because prior to this, we were getting a lot of majors in these monthly medicines. Any minor that we get is an opportunity to be um, flexible with our own empowered choice. Minors are the feelings, thoughts, beliefs, experiences we have. Minors are when we put our hands in the dirt, when we're offered like a little pass from divine to be like, please go. Anything you're doing, it's great. Build the container, we'll fill it. That's what we can think of when we get a minor, especially in these larger contexts. Um, Nine of Cups is a wishing card. And to put more simply, it's a time when we're almost like laying on an egg, when we're gestating something, nurturing something, growing something. This is a growth period. Everything in this month of December is supporting that. The retrograde, the solstice, the fact that we're moving through a dark moon phase right before we hit the new year and then moving into a full moon. It's um, incredibly, whoops, I'm so sorry about that, um, waning moon, or wax, <laughs> I refuse to cut this, but waxing moon phase, right before we get to that, we're birthing something, we're building something, totally meant to say waxing, and I screwed that up, but that's why on the 1st of January, we are in a full moon in Cancer, like it's all building to this beautiful birth of self of emotional realms we're being literally you can imagine a child like you know being birthed from its mother like it the inner waters the placental waters just washing you know 
out of the mother onto this child. Like, this is it. We're going into 2018 in the water. So it makes sense that we'd get a cup card. And it would especially make sense that we would get a nine, which is a card, you know, a number and a frequency and an energy of the last moment in a cycle that's about to change. 2016 was a nine year. This was the end of Barack Obama's presidency. This was pretty much the end of life as we knew it, in America at least. And in many other places, we can say the same for both positive and negative reasons. Absolutely, for positive and negative. So any nine, when it arises, we want to look at a chance to become more hermetic, nine is ruled by the hermit, a chance to go more deeply within, and a chance to look at our relationship with what we are visioning, birthing, emoting, how we're spiritually connected, how we're connected to ourselves. And then when we add in the flow of nine of cups, it's just taking us more into the realm of asking ourselves what we're dreaming of and how it's nurturing our journey across this bridge to this new landscape of our lives. So look at your wishes, look at your dreams, take an inventory. Um, Beautiful, beautiful Liza Fenster, who was here on the podcast um, in one of my tarot classes with her when I was teaching her, mentioned that for her, Nine of Cups represented a time when it was almost like someone was pregnant but didn't want to share the news with anyone quite yet. So there was, there's an energy there that, you know, we may be gestating and nurturing something that we don't necessarily share with a lot of people right away. It could very much be our own baby, something that we ourselves are working on our relationship to wanting and desiring, which leads me to the next thing that I'm going to say, which is totally, I mean, all this is really channeled, but this is really channeled. Um, part of what the nine of cups is doing here and how in a really weird way, mercury retrograde is helping with it is that there's going to be a lot of good work to do on our relationship and beliefs around whether or not we think we're going to receive something that we desire. And I'm not just talking about like, Oh, I desire that coat, even though that's very worthy, um, a change in life. Um, more abundance or more comfortability in our lives, more justice for all, more clarity of purpose, whatever is driving our hearts, truly driving our hearts. Um, If we're a little shaky on if it's possible or if we deserve it or if we're going to make the right decision, Nine of Cups and Mercury Retrograde will fuse together to help both slow us down and review and look at what we're listening to, Mercury, what we're saying, Mercury, and how we are connecting with that bridge between heaven and earth, again, all Mercury, and what we're feeding, nurturing, and taking care of in Nine of Cups. So you really just want to look at where that lives in you. And that is the medicine That's what's in our cup of spiritual tea this month is planting seeds of great wishes, hopes, and dreams and checking out 
if we are kind of hanging out at the garden a little afraid and getting to do a lot of good work on that. What we're leaving behind in November is Ten of Wands. Basically, what we're leaving behind is a bullshit hustle process. There's no other way to say it than that. Um, I love hustle in theory, but I think the sexualization of it, like the hype of it, when I say the sexualization, I mean like people trying to make hustle really sexy um, and really attractive. Uh, It might be in alignment for some. Um, It's probably not in alignment for all, or at least not all the time. So Ten of Wands is a way of living our lives that is energetically unsustainable. It's a cacophony and a pace and an energetic level that is not meant to be sustained. It just simply isn't. There's no um, actual reason to sustain the movement of Ten of Wands beyond what we can do. Um, We get to a point always in Ten of Wands where it's more in alignment to place our wands down Look at, again, we have that theme of review. Um, Review our beliefs, our thoughts, our feelings about if we need to do everything on our own, if we need to do everything um, in a way that, you know, we never ask for help, we never tune in when we're tired, we never take a little time. What's our relationship to hustle, to doing more, more, more? Um, Again, nine of cups walking a bridge from one realm of life to a new realm of life where our wishes get an opportunity to really stretch out, get some air. And then with this topic, 10 of wands, the old land of hustle and movement and never asking for help is done. It's done. We've explored it. We've checked it out. We've honored it. It really reached a peak in November Everyone got their ass handed to them. Now we begin to pack our bags to move to a journey of what it is to be moving, juicy, feeling really good about our direction, and yet not hustling, creating a pace that is sustainable for the rest of our lives, depending on how our lives change, that can flow and ebb with us. That's what we're doing. So what we're leaving behind in 20, or I'm sorry, in November is a pace of life that's no longer in alignment for us. And where we're moving into is eight of cups. So I promise I shuffled because <laughs> we got nine of cups and eight of cups. Um, gosh, what we're going to be moving through, feeling, experiencing, sort of asked to explore and get to tune in around is the eight of cups. So any eight in the tarot is a transformational time. We go into it one way on one side of the bridge. We go out of it the another way. Changed, altered, transformed. The function of any eight in the tarot is very much like a bridge. Very much. Um, eight of cups is a walking away from what doesn't serve. It's a literal bridge card. (laughs) So it's pretty cool. But Eight of Cups, um, 
whether it be something completely internal and subtle or something profoundly external and not so subtle. Eight of Cups is, again, a review card and a moment in our lives when we look at the structures we've built, whether it be, you know, again, internal or external. We look at the work we've put into these structures, maybe a marriage, a relationship, a friendship, a collaboration, a home, a business, a garden, a book, a creative project, anything you can imagine can be um, part of the energy of Eight of Cups. Um, We have to look at those things that we've maybe bled for, we've fought for, we've cried about, and that we know no matter how much work we've put into it, how much we love it, how much it brought to us, it's time to leave it behind for something different, something better, even better than what we can imagine. So look at your life. What's really, really good but could be better? That's not an ego thing. That's a heart thing. A heart thing is when we know something is delicious, sacred. We cherish it. We've worked for it. We've worked on it. But it's not a perfect fit. Eight of Cups provides us with the access to that bridge to bow to what we've worked so hard to gain and build and to walk away with no hard feelings, with our hearts real open and tender, us trusting ourselves, again, high priestess, in a way that we never have before, where we really stand to gain everything. So we can't be trumpeting around crazy busy with that kind of energy moving through us, where we have to decide, what am I releasing here? from my soul. Like what have I created, crafted, birthed, built, you know, fought for that I know has reached the end of its time that I can't walk forward with it and I can't continue to stay where I am with it. And what are my beliefs about feeling like it's the best I can do? If there's work to be done on there, you've found another bridge. So wherever we have those structures in our lives, and by the way, everyone's going to go through that this month. Everybody is going to tune in very deeply, very strongly about what's ready to be walked away from. I also want to say that Eight of Cups is empowered. It's empowering. We make the choice. We decide. Like we get to decide, and that's what we do with this card. So once again a sacred bridge of transformation where we review, we tune in, we hang in, we look, we notice, what am I growing? What am I paying attention to? The journey from eight of cups to nine of cups is so profound because nine of cups and 10 of cups prove that when we do, when we are courageous enough, brave enough, in tune enough, to say a gentle goodbye to what doesn't serve before it becomes a 10 of wands situation, we only wind up gaining more, so much more than we could ever imagine. So again, the bridge, 
we come back to it again and again. And the gentle kind of medicine, like the gentle wisdom, the gentle word and gentle message from divine comes in the form of page of pentacles. Page of pentacles is here sort of infusing this beautiful flavor into the whole collective reading because this is the page we want to call on when we're asking literally why we incarnated here on earth. Page of Pentacles asks the deepest questions of any court card, even Queen of Cups, I would say, because Page of Queen of Cups is in the otherworldly mysteries. She's in the intuitive realms, the spiritual realm. She's in like elvish and mermish and selkie language. She's out there tuning in with those mysteries. Page of Pentacles is of earth. Page of Pentacles is double earth energy. This being and this archetype asks the kinds of questions that little children do when they're highly in tune and very advanced. What am I doing here? Why did I come here? Um, what's my true name? What do I, where do I belong? You know, what's my medicine? Um, as so many of us are, you know, gently tuning in with our ancestral backgrounds, like the medicine that runs through our blood, our bloodline, so many of us are, are tuning in with huge curiosity and an energy of reclamation. This is a huge ally card because um, it's not so much about ancestry, but it is about all forms of walking the earth with our destiny, magic, medicine, just we're living it. So the bridge is deeper than we might even, we might even believe it to be because the bridge that we're really talking about is moving from one way of living, one old continent that has been everything to us and now can't support our growth. And in order to cross that bridge for all that we've talked about, we have to understand why we came here. We got to understand what we're doing. Why cross it if you don't think that you have a dharma or a destiny to offer in life that would require the discomfort that it will take to cross the bridge? <laughs> um, and I say this as someone like I'm always having to refresh myself on that because I forget because I'm a person just like everyone else. So whether your destiny be to touch two lives or two million lives or two billion lives, it's important to look, 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 and let Page of Pentacles be your little guide through the work that can come through in the realm of deep perception, deep questions, all really important. Um, so I hope that served everybody. We are moving on the tarot front from Sagittarius to Capricorn this month, month, which means we're going from temperance to the devil. So <clears throat> here's where things get juicy. 
because temperance is a transformation card. Temperance really is an, kind of an unknowable mystery card. It really needs to be felt, experienced. It happens over like years. Like the span of temperance is so long. Um, the way it unfolds is really long. Um, it's a shift that can take a really long time um, where our bodies, our nervous systems, our minds, and our souls all catch up at their own pace with what it is to deeply begin to co-create and make decisions and work with divine support rather than from will. It is a rebirth energy for sure. There are things that die on the wake. You know, we, we have to die a little bit on our way to temperance, but it's a high it's an incredibly powerful spiritual expansion where we start to understand more. We see our, we get a lot more close to a soul way of living as opposed to a brain way of living. So what does every, almost everyone here knows what happens when they get anyone listening to this. When you get real far out into your soul's truth, what happens? We contract, right? And we contract because this is the brain nervous system's way of keeping us a little bit closer to the ground and a little bit closer to what we know has helped us to survive prior to our expansion. And that's where the devil comes in. So the devil is a couple different things. The devil is contraction, little contraction. The devil is an invitation back into an old process um, it can come up around addictive tendencies, but mostly it's about a blessing of the shadow. Mostly it's about an embracing of the shadow and a release of sinful, of um, the belief that we are sinful, basically, that we're doing something wrong. Um, it is the total rewiring and liberation from the religious mind that we're born sinful. That's really what the devil is doing here because the hard persistence of Capricorn, the powerful will of Capricorn, um, the tenacity, we can relate that to the devil all over the place. The goat, you know, of course, there's a lot blended in there. But when Capricorn is in its right alignment, um, it doesn't allow itself to be fettered by the idea that it shouldn't do or it can't do, etc. Ideally, when Capricorn's in its alignment, its ethics are on point and its soul is in the driver's seat rather than the ego. Because for Capricorn, there'll always be this um, opportunity with every single decision they make is this serving you just because you can do it? Does that mean you should do it? Is that what serves, what feeds? Sorry for the siren. Um, that's what we're looking at in Capricorn is this idea of going from kind of this really huge, temperate, virtuous, beautiful, energetic light to this really, really, really powerful shadow energy. And if we really back up and we look at December as a whole, no wonder it's the portal to the new year because it is the light and the dark in equal balance. 
just like winter, just like Yule, just like we turn toward the dark. Dark is not evil. The dark is not evil. Lucifer is a fallen angel who thinks for himself. That's the idea. That's what we're going for here (laughs) in this life. Thinking for ourselves, trusting that we can make decisions that are in highest and best, even if we're not put under threat of hellfire. Imagine that. Making decisions, dropping in with what's in highest and best, not eating the thing, drinking the thing, taking the hit, because we have a relationship with the body, with the ebb and flow and the cycles of our being, rather than keeping ourselves under a really intense lockdown of you better not do this because when you do this, you're not a great person. Um, And of course, like always, if I have behaviors that I know do not make me a fabulous person to be around, this is what we call wise discernment and getting support around that wise discernment if there's a lot of chemistry around it. But it doesn't need to interfere with the idea that inherently you're a good person. So releasing that idea of perfection is really, really important here. And that's why we dance between the light and the dark. And that's why, that's why Yule is the most perfect, beautiful holiday for us to move through. And it is several days. It starts on the 21st and goes till I believe the first, um, which is quite beautiful. Um, we want to look at, and, and of course, by the way, um, if you're not honoring the paganness of Yule, that's totally fine. Um, what we're doing is, you know, if you want to call it winter solstice, that's absolutely fine. Um, no big deal. Basically with Yule or with Yuletide or with the solstice, etc. um, what we're looking at is this beautiful festival. It used to be 12 days. Sometimes it's three days. It depends. I think it's, like I said, I think that the, the official observation of Yule this year is from, um, I think it's from the 21st. Yep. To, I want to say the first or second. Sometimes people say it only goes until the 23rd. I like to do a full 12 days. (laughs) Um, We're celebrating. We're honoring. We're welcoming the light. We're welcoming the dark. We're welcoming um, really where we're headed to. And we're tuning in with the blessings of the cold. We're tuning in with the blessings of the earth at that time, celebrating the year's end, celebrating a whole new cycle. Um, It's singing, being in communion, cooking, feasting. Those are really important things that go down in Yule. It's also... um, a really, really beautiful time to connect with however you might feel called to celebrate. Like if there is a way that your family honored Christmas or Yule time, that's lovely. But 
Is there a way your ancestors honored it that maybe you've never played around with and you've never explored? Please do and look into that and see how it feels to you. Um, of course, the winter solstice is considered to be the first day of winter. Um, some people really feel like there are no first days of seasons. Like that's so okay. Uh, I'm just like reporting <laughs> that traditionally that's what it is. Um, it's the longest night of the year. So again, we're exploring the darker energies, not evil, not negative, just dark, sacred dark. The sacred dark is really, really important. Um, and it's a beautiful time because in the winter solstice, we're actually welcoming the light. Even though the days are getting longer, we are moving toward the light. In summer solstice, we turn toward the dark and we start honoring the dark because we know where we're headed. This even though we're headed toward deeper, darker winter days, at least on this side of the hemisphere, we are honoring the light just as much as we are honoring the dark. So it's really, really powerful looking at what we have to celebrate, to be grateful for, to appreciate all of these things. All of them can be related to the solstice. So honor that, honor it fully, embrace it. It's a beautiful time of meeting in the middle of one into the other, bridging from one to another and finding that it's all the same, that the bridge is just as much a part of the connection between the two landscapes as it is separate, completely separate. I'm trying to see if there's anything else here. Oh, yeah. Um, new and full moons. I think we'll probably talk about those closer too, but we have in a couple days a new, a full moon, super moon in Gemini. Um, really powerful time again to do some work. Where are you ready to connect, to communicate, to integrate, to create a fusion? Gemini is all about fusion, um, in its highest form. Um, what aspects of yourself, your life, your being, your communication, your mind are ready to be in a higher fusion with one another? Um, are you ready to call in your collaborators, your people, like anyone who's ready to support your dreams and visions in their practical sense? This is the moon to call that in. Uh, we have a new moon in Sagittarius a little bit further in the month. New, like a firecracker preparing us for the new year. Um, we're calling in in this new moon, in some ways for the whole year ahead, the fire, the sustained sacred fire to light our way home, to fuel our endeavors and our energetic pursuits in a way that is actually in the flow rather than again this ten of wands energy about like bursting forward and kind of having it like look like everything's good but it's like nothing's good <laughs> so all that all that stuff it's about shifting the way we work with fire um and you know i'd say there's no better time than the winter to learn that so i think that's all i have for you today and I don't think I have any shout outs either. I hope I'm not forgetting. 
But this is the medicine. And I deeply hope it serves. And I can't tell you what an honor it is always to gather with everyone on a weekly basis. Um, thank you for being here. Every single month these numbers go up. It's really remarkable. And I'm just so grateful for everyone to be here. And um, to everyone who is here chooses to listen. Um, thank you for doing so. It means everything to me. Um, take care of yourselves. This is a blessed month, but, you know, it'll have bumps. So take care of yourselves. And um, stay tuned because I've got an amazing episode for everybody next week. A beautiful interview. And just remember to send your questions, ask a tarot reader, into my DMs, into my email box at uh, wildsoulhealing at gmail.com. And um, my guest and I, my amazing guest and I, who is yet to be announced, will answer them on air for you uh, in two weeks. Thank you for being here. Happy December. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.